Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. Well, for today and looking ahead down the week, it's really good to be here with all of you this morning, and it's so good to have our Tom back from his revolutionary adventure of uh <laughs> the last week or so. We've missed you, Tom, and it's good to see you out there this morning. And I can't imagine uh, what fun you had and uh, what kind of good works that you were able to do while <laughs> you were uh, on the road. And uh, feel free to explain that in the chat to people because they may be wondering what you were up to. I did mention it, but it's hard for me to understand exactly the motivation that you had uh, because that's better coming from you. So if you can share that, then great. Good morning to Pam and Leilani and Tammy Smith and Corey and Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel, of course. She was the first one out there I saw this morning. Good to have you with us and everyone else who is joining us this morning. I hope you all had a wonderful, fabulous weekend. I did. It was interesting to say the least. I think I told you all on Friday that I was headed to a psychic fair in Bellevue, Washington uh, with my daughter and granddaughter on Saturday. And I didn't know what to expect because I didn't, I wasn't, um, I've never been to this particular fair before. I didn't know who the people were. Um, in fact, there was maybe only one or two names I actually even recognized as being from the metaphysical world. So it was kind of exciting to meet new people and to go out and do something that I hadn't done in forever. And it was, I mean, it was pretty amazing, right? It was in a beautiful venue in uh, right across from Lake Sammamish, which is a beautiful lake. And the, uh, the, the center, when you walked in, had these beautiful hanging lights and, and it just set a perfect tone. And they always open up their uh, fairs with an intuitive panel, which means that, you know, people can come up onto the stage and, um, the, and the participants in the fair can be there to answer questions and give, you know, like mini intuitive readings, things like that. So that was kind of fun. I hadn't seen that done um, like that anyway in, at the beginning of a fair. And it gave us a chance too to see who some of the um, participants would be and who we maybe had an affinity for. And my daughter, granddaughter, and I, we had this affinity for this one woman. And we just knew that she was someone that we needed to go talk to. So shout out to Miss Nicole of Bougie Botanica as she turned out to be quite the lively reader and we had a blast getting to know her a bit. So loads of fun there. Uh, Sunday, of course, is our family day. We got together even though we couldn't go where we were meant to go, which was to celebrate little Noah's birthday uh, over in Friday Harbor with Wesley. Uh, but we got together anyway and had brunch, hung out with little Y guy, and got to see uh, a lot of the family and the kids. It was great. Good food, good family fun. And then the girls and I, we all sat around the table and pulled cards for one another. I shouldn't just say the girls and I, because Terry also participates in those kinds of things. And so we had fun doing readings for one another. So it was a really metaphysical sort of weekend, and we had a great time doing it. So uh, we have quite an interesting week coming up. You might have noticed when I named it that it was sort of astro design for the week, uh, a kind of 
how to describe this week because there's nothing like overtly in our faces that we need to be worried about, right? No planets changing signs, no planets necessarily coming together and creating sparks. Um, but under the surface, there's a lot going on. And as we start into tomorrow, we end up in a week that's in our human design charts about revolution. I mean, literal revolution. And how is that going to play out, right? Because we've all been through some of these big changes, or we've been through a, a values reorganization in our lives. We've We've maybe had during the retrograde of both Venus and Mercury, we've had some time to really re-evaluate who we are, what we want, where are we going, what's working, what's not working. And now we have probably some clear indicators, uh, unless, of course, you are totally blinded to it or you don't want to see it. But we probably have some really clear indicators of what comes next, especially if you've been stuck in a pattern for a long time and you're waiting for the moment to break free or you're waiting for the moment to break out, this is the time, right? This is the time. All that's really going to be needed from all of us as we go through this particular week is the courage and the um, perseverance, the tenacity, maybe I better use the word determination to get to where we want to go without caving in on ourselves, without giving up, without uh, getting our minds involved, because the mind is going to be powerful this week, and getting the mind activated that can create anxiety. So let's break it down, shall we? We're going to start with a look at the week ahead, and then um, I'll reel it back in with uh, a look at the moon today and then the sun and earth in human design. And then I'm going to do a little quick talk about the Super Bowl because I love football, right? None of my good teams are <laughs> playing. I don't know much about, I know little to none about either one of the teams that are playing, but I have some definite indications from the stars about what might go on to, in this game. So I just want to throw that out there and then we can all see next Monday morning um, the results. I think it's just kind of fun. Uh, so as we take a look at the week ahead, today is February 7th, uh, Monday, right? Monday, another manic Monday. Um, and what we see today is that it's the moon that is making waves. It isn't some big planet. It isn't anything but our little moon that is really creating today the space for some discomfort, perhaps. Um, the moon is in Taurus today. In fact, when I drew the chart up this morning, the moon was at eight degrees of Taurus. So having just moved in to Taurus, let's see, what time was that? Uh, 2.53 p.m. yesterday afternoon. So 5.53 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So the moon is just, you know, in the first decan of the sign of Taurus, the first 10 degrees, the most Taurus degrees of the uh, sign. And so what we have today then is a focus that brings us into simplicity. How do we say or do in the simplest terms? Beauty, right? Beauty is a part of the day today. Beauty in creating harmony. Venus is the ruler of the moon's placement in Taurus. So we bring beauty, we bring harmony, we bring sort of that aesthetic eye into everything that we do today. We bring comfort into the conversation today. What's comfortable? Just before I went on air, I was feeling like, oh, I'm just a little bit chilly. So I had to go find something to wear and uh, like a little jacket. 
and I had a choice of a sweater that's kind of bumpy and makes me feel a little bit bleh, uncomfortable in it. It's fine if I'm not going to have to wear it for very long or this little jacket that just happened to be sitting there. So I grabbed the comfy, you know, well-worn jacket. So comfort, a big deal for us today because the senses are all alight today and actually today and all of tomorrow and even a little bit of Wednesday with the moon and Taurus. So our senses, what the touch, the taste of something, the smell of something really indicating to us whether it is correct for us or not. Does it feel good? Does it fit well? Does it smell good? Does it taste good? All of those senses being lit up. And then when we look at what's making the moon kind of the one creating waves today, it's that she's making several connections to planets, uh, a sextile to Jupiter that's in Pisces. A sextile is a 60 degree relationship between the moon and, and Jupiter in this case that it doesn't imply anything negative. This is, you know, the the moon uh, and Tor in Taurus and Jupiter and Pisces kind of talking the same talk, right? They have the same lingo, the speaking, uh, a language at least that they can understand of one another. Uh, there's a trine from the moon to Mars. So our emotions may be a little easy to run away with us with Mars. A trine is usually a pretty good flow and an ease of the transiting energies, but the flow of conflict and confrontation plus the emotion of the moon in Taurus, we may be bumping up against things that uh, other people's ideas or things like that today that might cause a little bit of an uproar, even if it's just within us that we feel it and not necessarily something that we express to the outer world. Of course, if the moon is in Taurus, then we know she's going to come into a conjunction with Uranus. Uranus right now is sitting at 11 degrees of Taurus. So just in a bit here this morning, we will have that conjunction. So maybe we expect the unexpected. Maybe we have an emotional blowout, one that we didn't see coming, uh, or maybe somebody emotionally reacts to us. Maybe it's not even about the emotions. Maybe it's about something that you're ready to dislodge from your life and the moon giving you the timing piece that this is the right time to let go. There's a trine from the moon to Venus and Capricorn today. That's also a good move, moving trines, right? So that must tell you something about Mars and Venus, right? If there's a trine to Mars and there's a trine to Venus, then Venus and Mars must be getting closer and closer together. And that's an important thing to watch out for because the two of them coming together is uh, an attempt for us to balance our lives. So before balance, we usually have disruption, but these two coming together is also a very creative energy. So creative in what way? Well, what might we have to let go of, destroy, dissolve, uh, move on out of our lives in order to do something new? That's a potential. Or we may be already in the process of having let go of something, and now we're in the process of building. What comes? What, what are we going to put in that void that we created? So we may be in that process today with that. I think the harshest uh, aspect of the day is the square of the moon to Saturn. So if some of you out there are feeling a little lethargic, a little bit like, oh, it's Monday, I want to go back to bed. Um, there's a reason, right? Saturn sometimes brings the energy down and Saturn is actually um, a, a planet sometimes that will help us go into the void space. What do I mean by that? 
it is in the quiet, it is in the void, it is in the womb, if you will, it is in the melancholy that the most creative energy is at work. And I think I've told you this before, it's almost like thinking about uh, a baby that from conception to birth, right? We can't rush it. We can't make that baby come any faster because it's a process of building piece by piece, cell by cell, organ by organ, uh, that baby's ability to sustain life after it's born. Same thing when we plant something in the ground, right? We don't keep digging it up, looking at it, going, oh, wait, it's not germinating yet. We allow it to, in its fullness of time to do what it needs to do. So the moon and Saturn might be taking us on that journey within uh, ourselves to see where it is that we might be trying to jump the gun and maybe where we need to allow things to just sort of settle a little bit or to determine the next step in the building of a dream, of a business, of a family, of a relationship, of a financial idea, whatever it is, right? So we have a possibility that at least later in the day, this square to Saturn might bring us into that lower place. Maybe it's a good day to take a nap in the afternoon or to you know, meditate more or do some yoga, get out into the fresh air, uh, yeah, when it's not raining <laughs> or it's cold and raining. That's like not a combination I want to go walking in. Uh, but let's take a look at what the moon in Taurus might bring up in terms of what does Taurus rule. So for those of you who might be looking at your own charts, you want to look at the house that Taurus is sitting at. If this, if this chart were a person, right? If this chart were a person, let's see if I can show you where Taurus is. It's right here. This is where Taurus is. It looks very much like the bull's face, right? The horns, the face, right? So if you can find that symbol, find that house, if this chart were a person, Taurus is sitting in the fourth house. So everything that we're going to talk about and that is about Taurus, the moon in Taurus, is going to be aimed for this, if this were a person, at their fourth house of home and family and the, the roots or foundation of something, right? So look at your own chart and look at uh, what the house rules. I did put up a post or a link to a post on my website for everybody about the houses. So you can go to my website, www.living-astrology.com. Uh, the very first um, tab is, uh, if you drop that down, you'll see the blog posts there, or you can just look on Facebook and you'll find the link and you can follow the link and then you'll have the idea of where all the houses are and kind of brief little description about what's uh, about that house. So we have um, a focus today and tomorrow and a little bit of the next day on resources. Taurus in the natural zodiac wheel rules the second house of money or earned income, resources that you have that you can bring to bear. So money, um, time, energy, uh, things, right? If uh, I have a, a, a sheaf of paper that, and you find yourself out of paper, the resource then becomes the paper and I can share with you the paper, right? So resources aren't just money, but they're things as well and feelings and everything, right? Our energy is our resource. Uh, possessions are also a part of this. So what? maybe it's a good day to look at what possessions you need or don't need anymore, right? Making room for something more important. And it, this is also taking us on a journey of the things we value, what we value. Now, if we were to equate this to if 
this chart, a fourth house might look at uh, what we value in terms of our family. Maybe there's been a family crisis of sorts and you have to really look at how do we come together? Uh, how do we use each other in the family as our, our uh, source, a resource for strength, for courage, for stamina, for, um, for uh, helping one another through something? Um, and the fourth house is also about the roots that we're putting down. If you're starting something new and you happen to have Taurus sitting on your fourth house, then you have a perfect time period to make sure that what you're building stands on a solid foundation. So we'll kind of try to relate some of these things to the house that we looked at this morning. The physical senses all come through the sign of Taurus, right? That's very sensual. So we have taste, we have touch, we have smell, we have the sight, which we're very used to sight. We use our eyes. But did you know that some of these other senses that you have are like on fire today, right? So maybe they can, maybe you can use those senses that you don't normally use to discern something that's more correct for you. Much like I did this morning going, no, I cannot think about wearing that sweater because of the nubbiness of it. I need something smoother something more comfy. So using the senses that we don't always use as a way to discern what's correct for you or not. Sensuality just meaning that all of the senses light up and we are more interested in how things feel or how they look or how they uh, set a tone for us. Even in a conversation, comfy pillows, maybe the lighting a candle or putting on your diffuser, changing the scent. If you don't norm, if the smell doesn't smell good, then change the scent that you normally have in your candles or that you're normally burning in your uh, uh, incense, that kind of thing. So being very aware about the senses. <clears throat> and again, the fourth house, if we look at home and family and the foundation, maybe using the sense of, of taste, smell, or touch to figure out, is this a good foundation for me? Right? Have you ever noticed I don't know if you guys realize this, but <clears throat> babies, infants from, you know, very young, they do a lot of licking, um, you know, like with their tongue, because the tongue actually can sense the environment. And so babies know this, right? So they're sensing their environment because they don't have any real tactile senses yet. They don't really have the, the sense of smell is there, but it's um, it's actually, it's pretty profound for an infant as well, but they're often using their tongue to sense the um, energy around them. So we have the ability to do that as well, sensing energy through taste, through smell, through uh, touch. And then when we look at Taurus energy, we're also looking at what brings us enjoyment. So our earthly delights, if you will. So appreciation and gratitude, a great energy here. Today is a great day to look at what you are grateful for and name them. I am so grateful for my Gemini cup because it holds some really interesting Yemeni coffee that I got at this fair the other day. And oh my gosh, yum, right? So appreciation for even the small little things of the taste of the coffee, the feel of the cup, the color and how the color sparks you or doesn't spark you. The simple life, right? Taurus loves the simple life. It doesn't have to be jazzy and complex. It can be just something simple, something that feels good to you, right? Nature's delights. If you're a Taurus and you aren't out in nature, you are not using all of your senses. Your senses will light up, 
when you're out in nature. So it's a great day to go out and smell the air, uh, smell the water, uh, taste something different, something from your garden, perhaps, if you have something in your garden. Uh, a lot of times this time of year, you can still be growing, you know, the herbs and so forth. I went out the other day <clears throat> and cut some fresh rosemary to bring it in and put in a recipe. And it was just like, wow, that pops, right? So do something different today with taste, smell, touch, nature's using nature's delights or the delightfulness of being out in nature, because there's this sense of satisfaction that comes when you realize, wow, maybe I've narrowed my focus too much, right? And I only use salt and pepper, and maybe I needed to use oregano, thyme, and parsley, or rosemary. <laughs> I could have said that a different way too. Building. The moon in Taurus brings us to the energy of building. So going back to our house, the fourth house in this chart, what are we building? And if we're building something, whether it's a business, a family, a financial idea that's spurring us on, um, it is a, a building a better body. There has to be a foundation, right? So a solid ground. And then using persistence and tenacity and determination and perseverance to take a step-by-step -step approach in building right? You can't put the roof if you haven't built the sides, right? If you don't have the, the structure, the bare bones of the structure, there's no point in putting on a roof, right? And you can't really even put up the sides unless you, or the framing of something, unless you have the foundation, right? So doing things in a step-by-step -step fashion, but also um, building, persisting, and enduring through what needs to be done in order to get to the finished product. And then we have other uh, qualities like reliability and patience. I'm not saying that Tauruses are particularly patient, but they can be. And they can be patiently waiting for something. They can be patiently uh, doing something. And they can become dependable. They're trustworthy. They're steadfast. It's an earth sign. So it's grounded energy. If we look at our fourth house, again, in the chart, if this is where you happen to have Taurus in your chart, then what are you building in your family or in a family tradition or in your genealogical line, um, in your home um, that actually needs your time and persistence, right? A step-by-step -step progression in order to build it properly. The second house, Taurus all has to do with self-worth and self-acceptance. So we also have some part of ourselves that is needing to look at our value and our self-worth and setting appropriate boundaries. Heather, if you're out there listening this morning, every psychic she talked to, every card that was drawn for her, uh, even yesterday when we were as a family drawing cards, were all somewhat about boundaries. <laughs> and we're like, did you get the message yet? Uh, so boundaries, setting boundaries, setting appropriate boundaries. Let me put that word in there, appropriate, because sometimes we set too strong of a boundary. I used to have a friend who was very stringent in her boundaries and unyielding. And that's not what we're aiming for. We're not aiming for unyielding boundaries. We're, yield, we're looking for the appropriate boundary. So an appropriate boundary is one that if circumstances arise that need require flexibility, that you can color a little bit outside that line, rising to the need of that moment and not being so inflexible, right? When, when we get to the shadow part of Taurus, it's all about inflexibility, 
So we don't want that inflexibility. We want strong values and we want to have a set of boundaries, right, that are appropriate. And then we want to use our determination to keep moving. And even if the boundary line is moving a little bit further out, that we're willing to do that, right? We're willing to do that. The lower energies, the lower frequency energies here are about inflexibility, of course, stubbornness. Now, stubborn attachment. Let's use it that way. Uh, I've had many, 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 many people tell me how stubborn I am. And I, I feel that, but I feel like my stubbornness is my determination to do things my way, right? My way. And that's an important distinction. I think there are times I dig in my heels. I'm not a Taurus, by the way, but I have a very powerful Taurus because I have Venus in Taurus and I do things that I feel are right my way. And sometimes that turns into a stubborn attachment to doing it a specific way when there might be an easier way to do it, right? So we got to look at our stubborn attachment to how we do things in our lives, how we show up in our lives. And maybe sometimes we need to release our stubborn attachment. Resistance to change. Taurus is earth and it is um, fixed earth, which means it's steadfast and it's loyal and it's got its, you know, dependability factor going on. But it, that, can, that very dependability, that very um, comfort zone sort of feeling is also where uh, Taurus can sometimes resist change. So where in your life are you resistance to resisting change? Where are you not looking ahead and going, maybe I might need to do something a little bit different, right? So be willing to do change. Uh, that's going to be another big theme that you're going to see in the week as we, as we go ahead here. Um, how funny. And then uh, possessiveness, right? Possessiveness, dogmatic opinions, right? Dogmatic, dogma is a, a, a difficult struggle for Taurus. And it can be, dogma isn't just about your religious beliefs, but you take a look at all of your beliefs, right? Is it, have you turned it into, have you turned a simple belief uh, into a dogma and then refuse to yield to anybody else's ideas, right? Or are unable to. And then that dogma leading you into stagnation where there's a need to move out of the comfort zone, but an inability to move out of the comfort zone and that can also be also show up as stubbornness, right? Stubbornness. So we have uh, an interesting moon today with a lot of different uh, characteristics that could be popping up for us throughout the next days uh, ahead, Monday, Tuesday, and into a little bit of Wednesday. Although I would say that by Wednesday, that's probably something that we're passing on in favor of Gemini energy, which is more mutable. And maybe today, tomorrow, we can really get a good read on where, where maybe are we a little too stuck and where are we needing to maybe inject a little bit of flexibility into our lives? Um, okay. So I'm going to go back to some of the comments. Let's see here. Uh, uh, Natasha, good morning. Please pray for the students, teachers, police, nurses, and others who are in the front line of those learning how to do better. Definitely. Good morning, Tanya Hardiman. Taurus is my 12th house. Ah, so for you, Tanya, the 12th house might be places where you're stuck, but it's hidden from you, right? There might be hidden self-sabotage, hidden beliefs, hidden unconscious patterns that have developed not only from this lifetime, but likely even other lifetimes that are brought to bear in this lifetime. And so it might be a really good time for you to notice that you have a key around your neck that can unlock the 
the secrets that you are holding back from yourself, right? So do be willing to do a dive into the unconscious mind. Uh, what are you unconsciously blocking yourself from? What kind of self-sabotaging maneuvers do you do when you are aimed at a goal? We all do it. We all have a 12th house, but with 12th house Taurus, then there may be this, uh, there's the probability that there's something hidden from you that you've yet to find because maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't dived deep enough. So this is your opportunity to do that. Uh, JLo says, interesting. All this is making so much sense. I have been bumping heads with my Scorpio daughter and now I can see it is not her. Energetics comes from above and has to do with me. Mm, love it. Love it. Uh, that's actually a really good thing to understand because remember Taurus has an opposite sign and that opposite sign is Scorpio. And we're all discovering this because the nodal axis has shifted to Taurus and Scorpio. So we're all facing the shadows of both Scorpio and Taurus, right? So the shadows of inflexibility, stubborn attachment, resistance to change, possessiveness, dogmatic opinions, stagnation, all that we're facing individually, but we're also facing the Scorpio shadows that are about the, the rigidity, the not uh, able to release baggage, old grievances, old emotions, holding on intensely to something, right? There's passion in Scorpio, and maybe we can bring some of the passion of Scorpio into our Taurus pursuits, right? What am I passionate about? And I want more of that, right? So um, that's a good point to bring up. Uh, hello there, Ursula. It's good to see you. Uh, Corey says, go Bengals. And Christine calls it the puppy bowl. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I love it. I love it. So uh, let's see other comments that I might have missed here. Um, Janet, on my end, you have a black screen, blank screen. Wow. So maybe something going on it with your own, maybe your camera. I don't know. I don't know, Ursula. Hopefully you fixed that. Um, so other people are saying they see me. So it's not on my end. Good. Agela, I am working in an old 16th century building and I feel there are many souls wandering around. Could you draw a card for me and give me some guidance? I want them to know I am a friend. I will do that. And I actually have a really good deck that we can use for that. I'm not going to do it right this second, Gayla, uh, but we'll, we'll use the messages from heaven deck and pull a card for that. All right. And see what message maybe you can either impart to them or that they're trying to impart to you. Um, okay. So going on uh, Taurus 12th house with Chiron. Is that why I only like nature from the comfort of an enclosed space? <laughs> maybe, maybe it would be a good time to go out and just sit on a rock, right? I don't know where you live, Tanya. I live on an island, so I actually could hike down to the beach and sit on a rock, but there might be rivers or creeks or a park that has that kind of atmosphere where you can be a little more contained without having to go camping in the wild blue yonder. Um, you know, nature is just taking a walk, right? Just to be listening to the birds, um, listening to the sound of the, the, the nature that is around you. And it might be that if you're in a city, you have to maybe make it to a park or some, you know, some more wild space around you, but it's a good day to try to connect to that. Uh, Pam Zaruba, both second natal Taurus and fourth empty. Can you touch on empty houses? Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, it's not empty today, is it? 
right? It's not empty today. It's not empty at all because you have the moon now in Taurus and Uranus in Taurus. So they're stirring up the energy of an empty house or what seems to be empty. But Taurus has a ruling planet. So in an empty house, we can look at the, the planet that rules the sign and where is that planet in your natal chart. So Venus being the ruler of Taurus, look and find what sign she is in and what house she is in. And that can give you some more insight into how a moon transit through Taurus can trigger you. There's also Uranus now in Taurus. So you might have to do the same thing. If there's nothing in Taurus by birth, then you have to go to the ruling planet Venus and look at where she is by sign. Where is she by house? And what other planets might be around your Venus that are coloring the whole picture? So it's this exact sort of, of uh, nature of astrology, astrology that makes it difficult to just read uh, a column that says, oh, Taurus, today, this is, this is, this, because there's so many moving parts, right? But to simplify it, because that we're in Taurus, let's simplify it. Look at where Venus is in your own natal chart, and then that might give you some insight, right? Just use the one planet that rules the sign. You also said your fourth house was empty. So if you have Taurus on your second house, then you must have Cancer on your fourth house. So this, the moon rules Cancer. So you might look to where is your natal moon? And that might give you some insight as to what the moon in Taurus might bring for you today or what Uranus in Taurus is bringing up, right? And cancer is a sign of home and family. So it rules the fourth house that empowers your, your natal uh, fourth house. So um, take a look, right? Some Maybe one day, this might be kind of fun one day. Actually, that reminds me. Tammy, I see you are out there this morning. And so this is her idea that she asked me if I would consider doing something like this. And I have decided that we're going to do an astro design meetup, astro design meetup. And we're going to do it on Zoom, live on Zoom, but we're not going to broadcast it live. So we'll all be in the moment together. I will record it, I guess, too, because uh, then people who couldn't go live can hear what we were talking about. Uh, and that is going to be on Friday, February 18th. And I'm not sure, but I think we'll do it about three o'clock in the afternoon, my time. I, I might need some of your input for those of you on the East Coast, because that does kind of put us at the dinner hour for you all. I kind of want to make it a time when most people can be there. So I'm going to leave it to you guys to throw out some times for a Friday afternoon. That might be good for you, but also tell me what time zone you're thinking. I typically would do things at noon on a Friday um, or two, two o'clock also kind of keeps resonating in my mind. So you guys let me know. But the purpose of an astro meetup like this is for us to get together on Zoom. You bring your chart and your question and I answer them. Whoa, right? Fun stuff. And no charge. This is just, you know, a, 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 a get together, a meetup where we can, I will pick a topic maybe and share some information and you have your chart and we take a look at that. Sometimes we'll do that. Well, because I want it to be astro design, we'll look at it through both your human design and your astrology. So that we'll, we'll do that once a month and move out of the way. That'll be the third, we'll do it the third Friday 
I'm going to make a note to myself so I don't forget. Third Fridays of the month, we'll do a Zoom meet. And you can be there and have your camera off and just be a listener. Uh, you can have your camera on and you can unmute and we can answer your questions, right? So that'll be fun. All right. Uh, again, just let me know what kind of timing you think might work best. And I'll try to pick a time that was right in the middle. Tom Wright. I'm all for Dharma, not dogma and drama. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm not sure why I just smelled chamomile. That's from JLo. Um, I love that because sometimes your um, spiritual smell will tell you some information. Maybe there's something calming. Well, chamomile is a calming, comforting sort of, of uh, herb. So maybe there's something that you might need. Maybe some chamomile tea. It is kind of relaxing. Christine Buckingham Dogma was a funny movie, though, from Kevin Smith. I think I did see it once. Amanda J, hello to you. Um, so let's see. I've got to go on here. Tanya says, yay. Uh, I am child free until 2 p.m. After that is a hit and miss on my availability. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. JLo says, OMG, transcending, nine transcending. Uh, if you do it for the 18th, you cannot make this up. Woohoo! Love it. We'll also be in the shadow period. So maybe we want to talk about the shadows of that particular day or of that particular week, or maybe you want to know about the shadow of something in your own chart or that's dogging your own life. Um, so we could do that. And I will publish the Zoom link and you don't have to sign up for it at all. Uh, I do have a hundred person minimum on there, but I will imagine that we might have maybe 20 to 30 people that would show up. So we should be okay. Uh, if it grows, we'll deal with that. Um, Amanda J says 3 p.m. There is 11 p.m. here. Ooh, so if it could be earlier. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, that's good to know. So because we do have a lot of uh, Western European people that join us. Uh, Astro Meetup is a great name. Anytime is fine with me, Tammy says. So, um, okay. Chamomile restores your immune system. Ooh, that's good to know too. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the other things that we want to look for this week. I could have swore I said I was going to start there and I did not. So, you know, sometimes I just go with stream of consciousness. It just took me into the moon. So today we have the moon making waves. We did that. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Mars is going to trine Uranus and we start the new human design week. The new human design week is a doozy. It begins with the sun at the gate 49, which is on the emotional center. It is the gate of revolution. And the earth will be sitting at the gate four, the gate of mental solutions. I can already hear the wheels in my head. I can already hear the mental anxiety ramping up or the potential for that mental anxiety to ramp up. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. Uh, tomorrow, Tuesday is also the day the moon and the sun will come into a square. So remember, there's the lunation cycle. We have the new moon, then we have the first quarter, and that is when the moon and the sun first become challenged in their ability to do whatever was started at the new moon. So it is called the crisis of action. So we'll be dealing with what steps do we need to take? Maybe we find our path forward blocked to whatever it is that we, you know, set as a new beginning or uh, an intention with that new moon. We might come to the first point where we have to choose 
um, a fork in the road kind of thing. And that's going to be another word I'm going to, a phrase we're going to use in relation to the human design week. And then, uh, so we might have to choose to push through or go over, go around, opening to the flow, right? So tomorrow would be a day that we have to open to the flow of what comes next. On the 9th, which is Wednesday, 13 evolving energy in our Pleiadian Earth calendar. 13 is the uh, wrap up of the whole of the week. So it brings us to the ascension point, right? So if we are on an evolutionary spiral, we are at the top of the spiral. It's a time for us to go inward, to make connections. What have we learned this week? What, how do we pull it all together in an understanding of how we're evolving our consciousness? And then the next day, of course, is the one day, the beginning of the new week. And that is one self-regulating. Self-regulating in the Mayan calendar uh, was uh, the flint knife, right? Or they, the, I often think of it as the karmic mirror because the flint knife had two purposes. One, it has very reflective properties. So in it, we could see the truth reflected back to us. And we often do that now, you know, in our lives with our relationships. Um, what we see outside is a reflection of what's been going on inside of us. But the second thing is the uh, ability of the flint knife to cut away in an ex, you know, a very excisable way, like determined <laughs> um, and um, accurate way of cutting out what no longer serves, right? What no longer supports us. So it is a big first day of a week. And that is the first, the one day that is going to encompass the beginning of the shadow, the collective shadow period. So it's big, right? It's big. And I would expect everybody's shadows to start coming up uh, personally, collectively, over that next week. So we begin that on the 10th, which is Thursday. On Friday, Mercury conjuncts Pluto. Woo, right? We've already done this once. We had Mercury in retrograde. First, Mercury did it uh, in direct. Then he retrograded back over Pluto. And now he's back to forward motion, going back over it. There is a powerful revolution going on within the mind and within the things that we communicate, the things that we say. I can't even tell you how many clients lately and that makes me very aware too, because it's in my field of, of clients that are and uh, I having to address how they talk to themselves, how they frame what they say about themselves, but also how they they talk in general. So an interesting time with Mercury and Pluto coming together like that. How we say what we say is as important as the emotion behind what we say, and that's going to be. Uh, bringing us more potential for expressing ourselves in po through power, right? Powerfully. The moon will also shift into cancer that day. That brings us some more emotional energy. And on for, uh, the 12th Saturday, the I didn't even articulate this out. I'll do that for us on our Friday broadcast because the moon is highly activated on Saturday, trining Jupiter, sextiling Uranus, opposing Mars and opposing Venus. It's going to be a banner day on Saturday. And then, of course, Super Bowl on the 13th. So here's the funny thing. It's the uh, Bengals versus the Rams, right? So when we look at the symbol for the Ram, the first thing I always think of is Aries. And what's in Aries right now is Chiron. 
So Chiron in Aries, not so good for the Rams, right? Because Chiron brings up the wounding point. And when you're in a high powered game um, and you know, there's a lot on, on the stakes riding on the game, um, the, the trophy, right? The competitive spirit gets triggered. That's very Mars-like. So I would say there's a lot of competitive energy on, on the side of the Rams, but also the potential for wounds, maybe injuries, maybe uh, holes in their defenses or holes in their offense that, that then the other team can take advantage of. That's one thing. On the other side with the Bengals, this is the year of the tiger, right? We just entered into the year of the tiger and it's a lucky sign. So do the Bengals have luck on their side, right? Do they have luck on their side? And if so, does that see them through any of the mistakes they might make, right? Or things like that. Now, I'm going to go back to the Rams because the Rams are also a symbol. A, a Ramus symbol is sort of a part of Capricorn. And Capricorn is called the sea goat, right? The sea goat. But you could look at it and go, this is kind of a ram, right? A, a ram, an animal that can push its way into something. And Capricorn has Mars, Venus, Mercury, Pluto in it. So there's power. So we have power for the Rams. We have luck for the Bengals. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I think it's kind of fun to think about it that day because the moon will be in Cancer opposing Pluto. So use correct use of power might lead the Rams to win, but luck is on the side of the Bengals. So I don't know, it's too close to call for me. What do you guys think about it? Put it up in your, in the, in the chat for me. Um, okay. Let's turn over to human design. I'm going to actually share my screen and show you uh, the, oh, wow. Those are new extra camera. I have new extra camera. Ooh, I don't know what that's about. Kind of fun though. I'll have to play with that someday. Um, I want to look Chrome tab. Here we go. Genetic matrix. Here we go. So you guys should be seeing the chart of the day with, uh, or for tomorrow actually of, uh, human in human design. And, uh, what I wanted to show you here is that here is the sun down here at the gate 49. This is the solar plexus. So this is the center of emotional energy and as well, creative energy. So this particular gate 49 is hanging in this chart because there's nothing sitting right now at 19. In your own chart, you might have a gate 19 that's hanging and now the sun makes a connection. And now you have this whole channel of revelation, revolutionary energy in your chart activated. And, or it's also a gate a channel of intimacy in relationships, right? So getting to the emotional connection of um, a relationship. And if you, um, have that whole channel already, this just kind of adds some more energy to it. But the sun at the gate 49 is in revolution. We're feeling it's time to change or to enact a renewal or to revolt even. I I often will start to feel these energies before they, they start. And on Saturday, or was it Friday? I, st I read an article about something and I just felt this revolting energy, revolt energy coming up. Like, like I just wanted to just 
throw over all of the safety precautions that we've had with COVID. I wanted to just be free of mask, free of worrying about, you know, is anybody infected with it and how it keeps, you know, messing up our lives and our things that we're doing. So there was just this part of me that just wanted to rise up and say, screw it all. I'm done. And I'm going to go back to my life doing things I want to do when I want to do them, how I want to do them, dressing how I want to. It was kind of a funny energy and it was very short lived. Thankfully, I didn't have time to take action on any of it. But I I went, oh, OK, so maybe there's this energy in the collective of revolution coming up. And sure enough, with the sun moving into energy there, that's up. And it is a call for us to move ahead with the times. So if we've been lagging behind. It's time for us to catch up and move forward, right? To break free from the old established ways, to break free from our old patterns, our old habits. It is a gate of transformation and it can be abrupt at times. It has that sort of Uranus feel to it because it's emotionally driven. Emotionally driven energy can be reactive, right? It can be us reacting to something, to something someone says, to um uh, a feeling that we have to an irritation. So we have to be able to watch this. Um, the revolution in the gate 49 is really uh, saying things like, no, that's not my reality anymore. I don't want to move in that direction anymore. So it has uh, a change energy. And if we have a gate 29 in our chart that likes to say, yes, I want this, gate 49 says, no not for me. No, I don't want that. No, you can't make me. So we have to watch that revolution. Is, is it a revolution with a cause uh, or not? Is it a rebellion with a cause or not? Um, we might find that we notice the part, what part of ourselves or our community or our lives that feel depleted or neglected or that needs to rise up for change. That's an important thing for us to realize for the next week as we go through uh, the gate 49. And it's us reaching a fork in the road, right? Really, that's what I kind of feel the fork in the road of our lives, feeling wise, right? Emotionally prompting us to move through change to break free of the comfort zone, right? So here the moon and Taurus at highlighting for us today, tomorrow, the next day, a little bit, uh, about where we might be caught in a comfort zone where we've been stagnating. And then the sun coming along uh, in uh, the gate 49, shaking that up. And the one thing I know that we need to watch out for is the gate 49 can have that revolution, but without the cause. So be careful about that. And it can also be sort of black or white, not very much in between, right? We're tired of this. We, you know, grab our pitchforks and we, we start moving with mob mentality. That's not what we want, right? We want to be able to move forward courageously but also taking the steps we need to to create that change. Now the Earth, and uh, I put up here uh, Uranus just because I, uh, the Moon will be moving through the gate 24 today too, and that remember we said would be in a conjunction with Uranus. So we have an activated Ajna with the gate four with the Earth and the gate 24 with um, Uranus and the Moon today. So if we look at the gate four first. This is called the gate of mental solutions. It is a Mr. or Ms. Fix-It gate, right? I have this gate defined on in my own chart. I love to be able to fix people's problems and sometimes find solutions for you for your problems, right? <laughs> so all of us are going to be looking at the mental solutions to problems, but sometimes we can't 
where we find solutions to problems that don't exist, right? Maybe we weren't listening very clearly to what the problem was or is. And so we find some other thing that we're trying to solve that isn't really the, the thing that needs to have the solution. But this is called the puzzle solver gate, right? We love to find solutions to whether it's a crisis or a problem, uh, a puzzle, right? Uh, no wonder I love detective dramas. No wonder I love to read mystery novels. Um, all of this is about finding solutions to a problem, but that can lead to overly mental, over mental stimulation or overstimulation of the mental body, the mind, and that can lead us to anxiety. So we're going to want to watch that this week that we don't get our minds moving over and over and over on the same problem, right? Getting caught up that anxiety because we have over mental stimulation. So we might need to put ourselves in a bathtub. We might need to put ourselves outside in nature. We might need to do something in with the physical senses that can break the mind's control over us. Um, be careful of this other thing that you might suddenly feel like you have an answer for everything, but it's not necessarily the right answer. So be aware, right? Be using your type and your strategy to answer the big questions of your own personal lives and use discernment. If you're in a situation with someone coming to you for advice, discerning whether they're asking for your help in finding a solution or are they just getting something off their minds, right? Don't jump in and be the Mr. And Mrs. Fix-It that you know sets about to solve that problem for them unless they truly ask you for help to solve the problem because maybe they just want to, you to hear them out. Maybe they just need the sounding board energy. So we wanna watch out for that. The moon today will hit up gate 24 um, with Uranus and the gate 24 is primarily about changing the story finding the blessings in everything, right? Finding the blessings in everything. Even if it's a crisis that develops, what's the underlying blessing that may be hard to see on the superficial side of things, but being stick with it, looking you know, for the, um, the blessing in it, being grateful for all of your experiences and leaving it to uh, be open to the appreciation of the universe and being appreciated and appreciating others. And then as well, the moon will hit 27 today, which is the gate of nurturing. So here is a gate that it says it's time for you to take care of yourself, to take care of your own needs, to feed yourself, to uh, do the things that support you that are the most loving things that you can do for you. So the moon bringing us through some gates of senses um, uh, in terms of what feels good to you, but also what is the most nurturing thing you can do. And in that nurturing, then you have more energy for helping others or sharing and nurturing others. Uh, so interesting human design week ahead for us, as well as uh, the day with the moon in those particular gates. So hopefully that's helpful. Now, I think it was Gayla that asked us to draw a card for her that would help her understand maybe some of the messages in the old building that she is in. It's a communication card. It says love and guidance from the other side of life. So this is a deck by Jackie Newcomb, who's also written several books on um, different experiences and messages that people receive, different ways that messages come to us from the other side. So this will be, ooh, you want to fly. Okay, so for Gala, 
um, oh, your intuition is strong. We are reaching out to help. Hmm. Here's the card. And I love the cards all have these little magical stars on them, right? So here's the card. Your intuition is strong. We are reaching out to help. So they seem like maybe helpful spirits and not uh, real negative ones. <clears throat> and let's see if we can find out more. What card number this was is seven. So it's a high spiritual card. And it says, your own natural psychic ability is spot on at this time. You are being supported from the other side and are aware of that connection. Continue to listen to that inner voice. It is serving you well at this time. I like that. And I think also then your intuition could also tell you, tune you in to what voices not to listen to, right? What are what are the maybe not so positive influences there, depending on what that building has been used for through time, right? So being aware of the voices, your own intuition about what is good for you and what is not good for you. All right. Thank you. They seem to follow me around. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. Let's draw a... <clears throat> Let's draw an animal card. I'm kind of feeling like we need to have a energy, seven energies card today for the week ahead. So let's take a look at our animals first, get an animal guide. Um, one of the advantages of having spent time with Wyatt this weekend is he, we love to play animal alphabet, right? So we use, he knows the alphabet. He knows what animals start with what letters. I don't even have to tell him. He'll say, let's do A. And today, yesterday, A was uh, aardvark. It was so funny. So we had to look up an aardvark. And he has very clear ideas of what animals he wants to look up. So we did it A through. We got through W before he got tired of doing the alphabet with me anymore. Uh, and our, <laughs> our animal for the week is beaver spirit lay a solid foundation that is such an appropriate card for everything we talked about with the taurus energy of the day it's the number six so that might invite us to remember balance right balance and harmony so let's look at beaver spirit i'm not sure we've ever had beaver show up on our show in the morning but i like it and it came out right side up so it says Beaver spirit is here to tell you about a power living within you that is born of spirit, the source from which all life arises. This is the power to establish the sacred connection with the universal consciousness so you can deliberately co-create the world you desire. Know that it takes work, determination, and sustained effort to co-create and lay a solid foundation for your dreams. If with spirit as your partner, you bring the twigs and branches of your intentions and desires and spread them across the river of time, you'll be amazed at what you can do. You will find that you can even change the direction of the flow of life. You can ensure that your world will be prosperous and purposeful, filled with love and joy and rich with magic and meaning. That which you desire will come to you and remain sustainable if you build on a sturdy foundation. Keep your intention and energy consistent and deliberate using all your resources and the energy of this wonderful productive time. Have faith for with spirit to co-create with you 
your success is assured. Spirit is your partner, helping you along as you change the course of your life in the way that your heart desires. So there's our little beaver beauty. Beaver says, lay a solid foundation. I think that goes right along with everything we were talking about sort of today. And the seven energies, the Oracle of the seven energies is by Colette Baron reed Actually, so were the spirit animals. So Colette has a lot of wonderful decks of cards. I haven't used this one in a while. So let's see what the seven energies want us to know for the week ahead or what energy we can tune into for this particular week. The power of purpose. Card number 18, which is a nine. You get a little kind of dartboard there, right? You see the arrow right in the middle. And living with, or the power of purpose. Let's see what level energy that is at. 18 is in fire energy. So we bring some fire energy to play. And card 18 says, the key concepts of the card, uh, individuation, seeing your unique place in the world, a clear sense of authentic purpose, healthy self-esteem, that goes with Taurus energy too, letting go of conditioning, celebrating your uniqueness, you be you. There comes a time when you realize that you are destined for something that is yours and yours alone. The catalyst might be an experience with a special person, a path you choose, or something you feel called to do. You'll discover it's not necessarily what you thought it would be and has nothing to do with what everyone else wants or seems to want. An uncanny conviction takes hold from somewhere deep and true. You feel a sense of power arising from a true sense of self accompanied by a need for action, a commitment to explore something, or a purposeful choice. Hmm. Right now, you're invited to step into a new empowered sense of authentic purpose bolstered by a healthy dose of self-esteem. You're called to release your old conditioning. There's no need to be self-conscious or act a certain way to please others, which can sometimes take you in a direction you don't want to go anyway. The discipline and will to evolve are yours by nature. This process doesn't have to be a struggle. You cannot fail if you immerse yourself fully in what is in front of you now. You are exactly where you are supposed to be. You never have to seek your purpose or wonder what it is. Just keep removing the blocks to your essential self and your purpose will find you. It's that easy. What a wonderful thing to know. I love it. The power of purpose and beaver. Power of purpose and beaver. Laying a foundation, finding a purpose. All right. Uh, let's see. Smudging can also be done with sound. Oh, too. Yes. I love that idea. Um, thanks, Janet. Take care. Have a great week. Oh, why, and by the way, everybody, I will post a little bit later today. I'll go back and look at comments for the time for our Astro Design Meetup. And take care. Have a great week ahead. Make it a great week ahead. Nothing on Wednesday this week, so I won't be on air uh, unless something comes up. And I will see you on Friday. Take care, everybody. Bye for now.